This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Central.com Friday morning. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sex talk with John T. Serlin tomorrow and Bruce and Sibu. Hello. Good morning. You, none of you need a shot. <laughs> I'll just drop that volume a little bit. It's my theatrical there, projection it's voice. Exciting. Skype is on. Are you there tomorrow? Yeah. So, let's do that again. I'll try that again. I am. There we go. That's fantastic. How are you? Very, very good. But it sounds really exciting in the studio. What are you dropping there? I don't know what these two are doing. Dropping here. it like it's hot. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Bruce is there. Yeah, that, that couple, that team, that team is dangerous. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're twerking as we speak, but yeah. internally. Yeah. Yeah. Internal uh, tweaking. Inter- I don't see any twerking going on it's here. Internal. Yeah, uh, internal twerking. Uh, okay, well, if you're going to sit and play with yourself all morning, then that's fine. <laughs> Tantric twerking. I kind of like Tantric that. Twerking. Tantric twerking. Mm, there's yeah, something right. we can start. That's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. You know, I have to, because nobody in the world has come up with that yet. You know? Well, I just did. And I think, I think it's something that you should be, you should be the head of from now on. Tantric twerking. I don't yeah. know. Isn't twerking all yeah, about the motion inner, of the bump? It's yeah. inner Shakti movement. Yeah, yes. So, so Mm. So you're going to have to create like an internal vibration through your bum. Getting like really interesting. Yeah. Internal vibration through your bum. And then yeah. this is going to get somewhere so out of hand. You've got to extend <laughs> the satisfaction that you get from your bum. But at some point it has to become an actual movement. So it has to come from inside to outside. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, Kundalini. Okay. I will teach you. Thank you. I will teach you. <laughs> I'm, I'm challenging you by the end of the show mm-hmm. on our podcast page. I'm going to do a little video to show my version of it. Okay. We have, <laughs> we have a problem there, so let's try that again. Okay. In the meantime, I'm going to do this. Dirty Dictionary Word. Today's Dirty Dictionary Word is perfect for me. It is one of my phileas and fetishes. Trypsolagnophilia. Mm. Trypsolagnophilia. I'm so um, out. Me too. Well, I think trip is usually like something to do with hair. I've given and you a clue. Lango is a clue. something me, to do with me, 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 me. Do you like licking people's hair? No, it has nothing to do with <laughs> hair. Oh. Would, uh, is that affiliation? So love. 
Or like you enjoy it, affiliate, like oh, necrophilia. Right. Okay. You like having yeah. sex with dead bodies. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that came to his mind. I know. It's just mm. uh, trips of okay, trip trips of lacro langua languidly licking someone's eyebrow. Lagnophilia, nothing to do with any of those things. <sighs> <laughs> okay, back to school for the lot of you. Okay, with a spanking. Yes. Oh, mm. yes, Daddy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual fear and freedom. We are talking about. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I had an incident this week that kind of brought it to the fore again. And it's what do we fear about pleasure? Um. So we had a venue in Cape Town for water flow massage, which due to people complaining about various things is not available anymore. Hmm. But you have to think, what are people actually complaining about? Cause Did they complain like the people that were in the workshop or well, people that own the studio? What was Apparently it was uh, people connected to the studio in some, in some way. But they weren't going to be uh, attending the, the No, no, the no. They have nothing to do with the workshop whatsoever. Oh, that's the best people so, that are complaining, but they haven't even been there. Yeah, so, you know, and it's just something. It comes up again and again, and it's like, and I was really thinking about it and kind of getting to a point of what is it that we fear about pleasure? Because we do fear pleasure. Mm-hmm. We fear it more than anything else. Yeah. We fear our genitals more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we fear we're not even looking. No, <laughs> no, and everybody's <laughs> like sitting here with everybody sitting here with clothes on. Tamar's at home, so I have no idea we if you're sitting there, there without mm. clothes on. You know, we sat Wait, here without clothes on a few weeks ago, <laughs> and Bruce was not here for the new show. I wasn't. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't no, invited. Wasn't. So, oh, that's a pathetic excuse too. Ooh. I wasn't invited. <laughs> I would have come. I'm Zulu. I have no issues with, no. with, with nudity of any sort. Okay. Well, I yes, think we girl. have to do another one just for you then. Thank yes. You. So <laughs> it just is fascinating as to why we fear pleasure. So what do you guys think about that? Wow. Where do you start? <laughs> I think I think one of the big fears uh, associated with pleasure is that I think we're already anticipating the pleasure coming to an end. Before, mm. before it's even started. So, um, or we fear that, uh, after the pleasure will come pain. Yeah. Um, so for example, I might be fearful of, uh, there's this really amazing guy. He's interested in me. He's texting me. He's really keen. He wants to date me, but, um, I'm, Scared because I know that, you know, if we start dating, there'll be probably be a lot of pleasure involved, but I'm already anticipating the potential for pain thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you I mean like the end of the, of yes. the connection? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to end. It's not going to work out. That's I think people are also um, fearful of, of pleasure because they feel it's a bit selfish mm-hmm. to want to be pleasured because not everyone sees pleasure. Obviously, pleasure is amazing, but People kind of feel maybe it is a bit selfish because it is about me. It is about you know m- me getting my rocks off or my high. Hmm. So I think uh, maybe I from a rich you know a religious perspective as well. I mean, a pleasure is associated and a cultural yes. uh, perspective. Definitely. Shameful to yes, be, to enjoy yes, pleasure. To enjoy it. Mm. Oh, so now we're getting somewhere real mm. that it 
Mm. That it's shameful to enjoy pleasure mm. Mm. So we've been inculcated with that And I think more from religion than from anywhere else Yeah, Because biologically we are designed to have enormous pleasure Yes, We have this incredible amount of nerve endings in our body that are about pleasure mm. And in terms of our bodies everything has a purpose mm-hmm. So I think so. So coming from in, from my background, our mm. as a woman, African women's bodies were made to pleasure another person, not for our own pleasure. Oh. Uh-huh. So pleasure is seen as something that you give to someone else, um, but you, it's not about you. So it's not your pleasure; it's no, somebody no, no. else's pleasure. Yes, correct. So there's obviously a level of fear with that because it's not about you. Yep. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. We also are scared of things that we have never really um we do things we don't know. And pleasure is not something we've been familiar with. Uh we have been familiar with when we were very small, but then we kind of got a taboo all from all friends mm-hmm. about pleasure, so then it became just, you know, don't go there. Just mm-hmm. do not go there. So we limit the amount of pleasure that we can experience. Mm-hmm. I think and you can't have too much of it. Yeah. Well there's also sure. some danger associated with pleasure. I mean you know, if I was spiking heroin right now, I'd, I would experience extreme amounts of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was to eat junk food for the next 48 hours, uh, I would experience short-term amazing pleasure. So a lot of things that are uh, pleasurable in the short term have terrible long-term effects. Mm. So I think there's that as well. You know, um, if I go out and just shag anything with a heartbeat, I'll experience pleasure. But once again... The outcome is probably going to be pain. Mm. So I want to go a little bit deeper with this because everything everybody's saying is absolutely correct. But I think there's something deeper in this. And that for me has become the the transformational power of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because in deep states of pleasure, we free ourselves from so much of society and the cultures that we have grown up with. Mm. We start to question um, the precepts of society We start to question the way society Is set up and structured We start to question what we have Bought into in terms of Relationships, in terms of politics In terms of, of finance And in these deep states of pleasure We free ourselves from so many Of these hmm. And I think there's an incredible fear of that Because of where it's going to take us And and we're scared to learn We're scared to open ourselves up to it You know if, Someone says to you, you know, get out of your box. You don't want to get out of that box. Mm. You're comfortable. Even though you probably will be better outside of the box. We're scared of the unknown. Mm. Mm. You need to be vulnerable to enjoy pleasure. I mean, Mm. so, for example, if you're being intimate with your partner and you know that there's a specific thing that will bring you pleasure, but you might mm. f- feel ashamed of it, or there might be some stigma attached to it, then you don't want to tell your partner, you don't want to tell the person that you're with because you're scared of being judged. But the truth is, is that if you just come out with it, the, the chances of you experiencing that pleasure are much higher. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we fear mm. being revealed, and we mm. fear the judgment of that enormously. Definitely. Mm. And that takes There's also an, yeah, sorry, John. No, carry on. There is an element of, um, of Bruce, you're talking about a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, let's say aspects that has to do with, uh, the consequences. But what, what we're not looking at, uh, is also how much self-esteem 
and how much, you know, you actually touched on it just now on how much you need to be out of the box, how much you need to be your own fan and to actually be aware that, yes, I am going to get hurt. Yes, most likely there's going to be awkward things. There's going to be pain, but I'm, I'm fine with it because I know it's inevitable. Mm. But I, I still want the pleasure. I still want it. Mm. I still want it. I want to enjoy it one night stand. I want to take care of myself. I want to be safe. I mm. want to tackle those fears. But I do want to have the pleasure. Mm. So that's quite interesting because the way that our mind works is that your mind has one job, essentially, which is survival. Mm-hmm. So it mm. keeps us in a space that we know what we do and we do what we know because it's safe. Yes. Mm. The interesting thing about that is that has nothing to do with happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. Because safety is you're doing what it is that you know. So you stay in a job that you know. You stay in a relationship that you know. Whether it makes you happy or not Mm. is totally secondary. Mm. So to start changing that, you actually have to move out of safety. I love that. That's powerful. Yeah. mm, I I love that. that. For me, 28 has taught me that. 28 has taught me that my little safety zone is probably not the best Hmm. thing for me. Hmm. Mm. It's not. Hmm. I have come so far out of my safety zone and I'm at my happiest by doing so, by going, actually, no, that's not for me. Hmm. Mm. Um, And making that decision, I haven't implemented all of it. But knowing and realizing that this safety zone is actually not the one for me. Yeah. I need to, the, the more I go out of it, the happier I become. The, the, the more accepting of whatever mm. that's going to come, I am. And then you realize that safety is such an illusion mm-hmm. and so um, precarious as well. Mm-hmm. And in the last couple of years, our world has shown that on such a huge scale, you know, on such a financial scale where people with so much lost everything like instantaneously. Mm. Um, where we think relationships are strong and we see how precarious so many relationships actually are. I see that mm. so, so much in my work. Mm. So we have to be willing to step out of that safety mm. to find happiness. And there's enormous fear in that because it challenges everything that we know that we've been and taught. that we mm. think we know. Mm. And that's more the key, what we think we know. Yeah. And, uh, there's an amazing teacher, a guy called T. Harv Eker, and one of his seminars is, one of his talks is, is don't trust a thing that you think. Don't trust a thing that you think, <laughs> yeah. a single thing. Don't trust any of your thoughts <laughs> because okay. they're simply a result yeah. <laughs> of a pattern and conditioning. Mm. And, you know, Bruce Lipton talks about the fact that we are conscious about 5% of the day. of the day we are making choices, conscious choices, Mm. about happiness, about what it is that we want. The rest of the time we are simply running on a pattern. Habit. So if you are, yeah, if you're awake for for 16 odd hours in the day, 5% of that you're actually conscious and engaging. Mm. The rest of it you're simply doing what it is that you do. Robot. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I just want to say, for clarity's sake, I mean, we're not saying that uh, we're not encouraging unsafety. We're not saying that sex has to be unsafe. What we're talking about is emotional, uh, you know, keeping yourself safe. We, of course, we're saying that safer sex is obviously a good idea. Use the condom, use the dube, all that kind of, of stuff. That's mm. not what we're mm. saying. We're talking about a mindset, yes. about making yourself 100%. vulnerable. And, yeah, it's not yeah. about... You know, having bareback sex and, and going out there and, and challenging that safety. That's not what, we, what we're saying. No. 
I just had to make that clear for the people at home. I just I can imagine the two of us getting wrapped across the knuckles, you know, like are you telling people to have unsafe sex? Yeah. No. But you're right in that it is a mindset. Mm. Um and part of that mindset is I need to be safe within myself. Mm. Mm. And this is the biggest thing that we have put so much of our lives externally where someone else is responsible for our pleasure. As you were saying, someone yeah. else is responsible for our happiness. Someone else is responsible for our intimacy. Yes. And that's a theme that's come up so much in my practice this yeah. week with people is the realization that I am responsible for my intimacy. That's right. Mm. I will be as intimate in any situation as I choose. Correct. If you match that, that's absolutely awesome. Yeah. But my intimacy is about me. Mm. So I will be as open as I am willing to be and as vulnerable as I am willing to be. Mm. And mm. that puts me in a space that it's about me. So the only real safety is within myself. And I realized something in, in some conversations with, with my lover that um, the depth that we go to is a total disappearance of ourselves. You can only really go to that place if you know the strength or the core within you is strong mm. to be able to hold that. And in that you can totally disappear because you can totally give yourself but then, to someone. But then that's why you fear. So um, there's a fear of control because you feel that if I get to that point where Everything is let go and, and it's, it's an extreme form of pleasure or a heightened sense of pleasure. You don't, you feel like you don't have any control of it. I'm, I'm talking from, from me, who's yeah. a bit of a control freak. Um, in that, that's one of my biggest problems is that I want to control everything. And I fear not being able to control that heightened pleasure. You're absolutely right because in that heightened state, you actually start to become one with life mm. and one with the universe. Mm. And what you think you have of as control totally disappears. It can, you can only go to those places if you're willing to let that go. So exactly. You, so you have There's to, something, yeah. You have to learn to do that kind of step by step. Mm. You know, you let go mm. a little bit because going from naught to a hundred percent is absolutely going to blow you away. And it's something, True. again, this week I've been talking about it a lot. The basic idea is that change has, and the word I've been using is consequence, and I don't know if that's a good, uh, it's just a word. Mm. Consequence is not good or bad. There's no, it's, consequence is not necessarily negative or positive. Yeah. But everything that we change has impact on our lives. Maybe that's a better word. Yeah. We will change to the degree that we are willing to have the impact of the change Which means that If you Because theoretically You could change Everything in your life In five minutes But the impact And the consequence of that Is going to be enormous Because it's really going to Turn everything upside yeah. down For a lot of people mm -hmm. Your relationship Your job Your religion The way you have sex The way you think about money The way you think about politics um, The ecology Everything And for so many of us the power of that is just too much all at once. Too much. Mm. So we mm. have to do that 
slowly. One step at a time. And then we build yeah. a foundation for it. But what's more important is why we have to do it slowly is for so many of us, change comes from a place of stress and trauma. Now, in South oh. Africa, I think the level of trauma that we have lived with, all of us, regardless mm. of, of the color of your skin, regardless of the mm. culture, we have lived in an incredibly traumatic society. Mm. You know, I think of what I grew up with, what I went through from my perspective. The impact of it's huge. Seb's what you grew up with mm. and what you went through being a black woman in South Africa. Mm. And the trauma of that on all of us is enormous. Mm. And then there's all of the personal stresses that we've lived with in our lives. When you try and change too much too quickly, everything just collapses and crumbles because there's no safety. Yeah. When you can do that slowly, you actually build a foundation for change. Mm. And trying to do too much too quickly can actually become very self-destructive. So you have to actually build that foundation and then… Yeah, you can integrate. That that can become exponential. Mm. That you change that. So we need to go beyond the fear of change firstly. Mm. But if we can do that really slowly, things change in a way that all of a sudden I realize something's different. And I realize that I'm doing something differently and I'm thinking differently and I'm saying something different. And that builds for the next step and for the next step and for the next step. So to say that we can change everything in five minutes from a theory, absolutely, there's no question. Mm-hmm. But the impact of, of, of that change on us is going to be enormous. Mm. It's almost destructive if you don't do it properly, if you don't do this step yeah. by step. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have to really understand the role of, of, of stress in that because most people come to a place of of healing or wanting healing, and it's an interesting word because I'm really thinking about what that means at the moment, mm. um, the word healing. But we come to it when we get to a crisis. Mm. When we get to the fact that my marriage is falling apart, Mm. I have to do something. Mm. So if we had a mindset of learning to be healthier in every level, to be more connected to life, to spend Mm. more time with nature, to be more aware of what's happening inside of us, if we did that more as a a regular practice Mm -hmm. and we had that education, then change becomes a whole lot easier and it's coming from a perspective not of pain but from a possible pleasure. Mm. And not only sexual pleasure, but the pleasure of the fullness of being connected to all of life. Mm. And that Mm. makes it very different. Mm. Mm. So it's moving from a mindset of fear to a mindset of freedom. And we're actually not taught a mindset of freedom. No, we're we're not. We're taught from the time we're small a mindset of fear. I think yeah. what contributes to that a lot as well is, you know, the media, um, every second movie that, and every second love mm. song, you're expected that every time you have a sexual encounter with someone, there's going to be this amazing resonance and everything's just going to flow mm. and it's going to be so amazing. And, and we're not prepared for these discordant moments. I mean, I remember in my early twenties, um, I had, had a lover and we were in the situation we were playing and I'm a playful, person i laugh easily and freely and i feel very comfortable in that situation and i think we had a little moment where i think his elbow bashed me or something but it was sort of slightly awkward but we were playing you know (laughs) for me it was like we're having fun we're having sex we're playing and i laughed 
And I didn't think anything of it. And he, he went, he sort of froze and went like rigid and said, what, are you laughing at me? And mm. I said, no, I mean, we're, we're having fun. We're I'm laughing. I'm having, a, I'm having mm. fun. And he sort of, for him, he, it was like, how dare I laugh at him? And he was so, I realized just how vulnerable he was mm. and how insecure he was in that situation. Mm. And I also just had to let it go. Um, because I was like, oh, this is really awkward. Um, no, I wasn't laughing at you. It's a bit of a like, okay, passion killer. But I, it was like, okay, we can have this awkward moment and just move on. And it's okay. The awkward moments happen. Not all of us can have this sort of, uh, romance novel cover experience where but everything. Do you want that romance novel experience? I don't know if, if that in any way connects you more with a person. I, I don't mm. know. I, I think it's just expectations. We think it's, That's you meet somebody that you're attracted to and in, we have, yeah. I, for myself, I've had these expectations that when we get together, he's going to understand me. He's going to know what I like. I'm going to know what he likes. Yeah. I'm going to pu- push the all these buttons. media have given us this bullshit. I mean, I yeah. remember a couple of weeks ago seeing a newspaper headline, how we avoid day zero. And you know, it was about the water thing. It yes. was in Joburg. Mm. I, I think it was just after I came back from Cape Town. So the situation there has changed radically. Yeah. But somebody, some journalist writes a newspaper headline, how do we avoid day zero? Fear-mongering. And mm. that's all mm. that it is. Mm. But our whole world really lives on fear. So when you want more freedom, yeah. you really have to detract from the fear. Yeah. And when you do want that freedom, you're seen as – um uh, I don't know what the right word is, but it's not other, but it's a negative thing. Yeah. It's a negative thing to fight for that freedom or to say, actually, I disagree with you completely. And it's something I think that mm. we've forgotten enormously is how to have a disagreement and how to have a discussion with the acknowledgement of someone else and the acknowledgement of their perspective. Mm. And I think social media has taken us away from kind of what, Connected discourse. Mm. Mm. Fear mongering is such a big thing. Yeah. I mean, even in, in our industry with sexual health, we've got to find a gentle balance between saying, watch out for these STIs that are out there, but at the same time, mm. creating an, uh, you know, the impression of being sex positive. You know, it's yeah. that whole watch out day zero is coming, but nobody's paying attention to day, oh, day orgasm, you know? Mm. I mean, that's, so it's, it's sort of shifting from mm. what what are we focusing on? And it's almost like we're making self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. because we focus on the wrong. Yeah, and mm. we focus so much on, on on the problem more than the possibility. Solution. So because in, in our industry, sex is a great thing. Mm. Sex is amazing, right? And we know that. And we know that. Um, and what we were trying to do is we were saying, have lots of sex, guys, but safely. Mm. And it's hard, as you say, to balance it without going, oh, but, 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 but. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's a mindset, and I've come to see this. Um, from a healing point of view, there are two theories of healing in the world. The first is a pain-based theory. The pain-based theory says that I heal from a place of pain, mm. and all I'm concerned with is making the pain less. Mm. Yeah. So, so the example that I often use, which is easy to understand, if you have a sore knee, all that you want is your knee fixed. Mm. Yeah. So you go to the doctor or the physio or the acupuncturist or whatever you're going to do, but everything you're doing is compared to the pain. Yes. Is the pain less? Is the pain less? Mm. It's the pain. Mm. That's a contractive space. Mm. 
the expansive space of that says, if my knee wasn't sore, mm. what could I do? So I could dance, like I'm going to dance at in trance tomorrow night. Mm. I could go to yoga. I could get into all sorts of really cool sex positions. Mm. I'm looking at possibilities. We're not discounting the pain. We're not ignoring the pain. We're not repressing the pain. Mm. But we're saying that to change this, I need a shift of perspective. And focus on the positive. And create something that I might not know how it would look like. Without the pain, mm. and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get some kind of help for the pain, mm-hmm. mm. but there's more. Mm. And we, when we focus just on the problem and fixing the problem, we're in a particular mindset. We're in a consciousness. So I think it was Einstein said that a mind that created the problem does not have the consciousness to fix it. Mm. Or something like that. Because... The way that we work is in terms of patterns. Mm. So we're bringing the same thinking pattern mm. instead of saying, I need to shift my perspective on this mm. to be able to do it differently. Sure. What were you going to say there, Sibs? No, no, no. I was just thinking of something that happened yesterday, which happened with my son, and he came to me and he said, you know, I, uh, he's a quite an emotionally aware child and I encourage that and he came and he and he started crying I said why are you crying he said you know um the teacher shouted at me today and I said okay what happened and he said I'm not quite sure and I said to him okay what happened between you and the teacher that was good today and then he said oh this and this happened and I, and I said so need to focus on the good things this happened that's fine but you need to maybe see how you can elevate and amplify those good things. Mm. I'm sorry that this happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Um, but let's find a way of amplifying those positive things yeah. instead of focusing. So instead of me saying to him, well, you should have no, no, no. Mm. I said, no. All right. What happened that was positive? Let's focus on that. Yeah. And when we do that, we're actually changing an energy frequency. Mm. And we there is less space for the pain within us. Mm. Mm. Because the vibration of a change And it doesn't mean when you get to this place And it's also It's been coming up a lot recently Is this idea of, of enlightenment mm. You know I remember a couple coming to see me A little while ago and they're looking for enlightenment <laughs> And lots of everybody in the world Is looking yeah. for enlightenment And there's an article that I posted um, And I will put it up as a link After the show And I called it magic and magic and mystery Mm. And it was the fact that everybody is looking for this enlightenment. Mm. Mm. And people think it's like this magic wand. You're going to get to this place and everything is going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. 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 And you're mm. going to arrive and you're going to wake up one morning enlightened. enlightened. Mm. <laughs> you're going to go and have an ayahuasca experience mm. and you're going to be Enlightened mm. Mind-blowing orgasm That connects mm. you to the divine Look, if anyone can do it You and Tamar could do <laughs> there it There we go And yeah. you're going to be enlightened Yeah And then, you know The simple truth is Firstly Enlightenment is an ongoing experience mm. It's not a space you arrive at And everything is mm. different So It's also fleeting As far as I it. understand And there are days that And I think uh, Ken Wilber is a philosopher And he talks about states of consciousness and stages of consciousness. So one of the aspects is that there are areas in our life where we are going to be much more connected and aware and conscious Mm -hmm. and areas in our life where we are not. 
Mm-hmm. So there are some things we are going to be more enlightened about than others. Mm. Makes sense. And the other thing is that there are days where we are going to be more connected and enlightened and days where we are not because of being human. And things irritate us and things frustrate us and things make us angry mm-hmm. and people hurt us and we hurt people. And everything about being human in this wonderful fucking human journey. Yeah. Which means it's all part of it. And there are days where I'm going to be much more connected and nice mm. and days where I'm going to be feeling sad and lonely and rejected and all of those things. Yeah. Even with enormous love around me. Yep. Because that's me. Mm. And I think I've come to see that the idea of enlightenment is I will be able to recognize where I am much more. Mm. I'll be able to own it and name it and acknowledge it. Mm. And I'll be able to feel it and not hold on to it. And it will move through me. I think also an important thing to do is, you know, when you have those bad days, so we all know that we're, we're human. We have our ups and downs. Um, but we can't, Recognize it in another person When another person is having a, a down moment We can't go Oh but they're human They have their ups and downs But we expect people To understand it When when we're having a, a bad day When we're being yeah. mean We expect people to understand But we we don't have the same thing with other people So there's an interesting thing That's been discovered That And again it comes down to energy And to the heart field there are four emotions that create incredible coherence in our heart field and coherence between our heart and brain. Mm. Compassion, appreciation, caring. Hmm, I've gone blank on the fourth one. Gratitude. Compassion, appreciation, caring, and gratitude. Lovely. So the compassion is... I'm, exp- I'm acknowledging what it is that you're feeling. I'm connecting with it. Mm. And that's what you're saying yep. there. And the more that we live with that compassion, the more that we're living with that connection. Yeah. And then we understand that we are in that space. And I've come to see that every emotion has a contractive expression and an expansive expression. Mm. The contractive expression is when we get stuck in it. Yeah. So... If you take anger as an example, when the contractive of anger is that I am an angry person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everything about me is angry and everything that I'm doing comes from anger. Mm. The expansion of that is that I am angry, but I can use the anger to do something, to fuel something. I can name it. I can Mm. feel it. I can Mm. acknowledge it, but I'm not holding on to it. it. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. And in our world, you know, the emotions of anger, of bitterness, of frustration, of, of righteousness, of, mm. of resentment, those are the ruling, the ruling class. Mm. Get in the way. It's interesting. Okay, you've got to say more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm listening. I'm mesmerized. You had like this most amazing speech, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I have to write everything down. So uh-huh, I'm a little mommy. bit in a. You know. I'll send you a link to the podcast. You can listen. Up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just wonderful because it keeps on just coming back to me. What's, uh, you know, the team that is sitting there, you know, that it, like we the brave and. You know, like they're sitting there thinking about the health and so many, so many reasons to actually just 
to to just advise and say just be careful of this and that and then when you focus on all these four elements of gratitude care and and all these wonderful things you actually all all the other things fall away but you have to actually think for a moment you actually have to stop and say where am i coming from mm. what am i looking why why am i looking for the experiences the sexual experiences am i looking mm. to to please others am i looking to fulfill myself where, where what do i want to give in that sexual um energy you know exchange yeah what's so my all these mm. things are yeah all these things are coming and you have to be a little bit more you, you know when you decide to start working out you start working out there's a million excuses why not to work out mm. the same comes with pleasure if you decide to have sex to be a sexual free person and to start demystifying those fears then you have no other way than just starting to show up and finding your own true self mm. Mm, I yeah. love that, Tamar, because it, 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 it actually, as you say, if you have those five principles that, that Jonty mentioned now in place, then everything else starts falling into place on a very practical level. Mm. So what you mm. do, what you do is you have to eliminate the fears so that you can enjoy the freedom. So, and whatever that looks like for you. So for, in our, uh, in our work that we do, we're constantly encouraging people, if they're HIV negative, go on PrEP. So that the chances of you having to face the fear of, of being, of getting HIV is minimized. If you are HIV positive, we want you to go on ARVs so that you'll be eventually become undetectable and you can't pass it on. Mm. And so the, that's just eliminating that, that fear of, of passing so that it you on can enjoy else. the freedom yeah. mm. so that when you have sex, you don't have that shit in the back of your mind. Yep. Like, Oh fuck, you know, this, that, mm. the next thing or whatever. If you've mm. got a condom and lube on you, that you just eliminate the things that are holding you back. And those things that are holding you back are the self-judgments, the threats, the dangers. And if you can minimize those, then you can actually, the more you minimize those fearful elements, the more you're free to be out of, to go out of your safe box, you know, and to experience more vulnerability and intimacy. Mm. And, mm. and that's where the true magic is. Like mm. anybody can stick their dick in a hole, but if you, you know, if you want to know what it feels like to make love to someone, to have somebody really feel and see you, that's another level. You know, I mean, we've all, I've had experiences where it's just been sex. I can't really remember those experiences, but there are a handful of experiences that I will carry with me for the rest of my life because they were so beautiful and they were meaningful to me. And I think that's, yeah. you know, do you just want a sexual experience or do you want something Something that you can hold on to. Yeah. But, but I also believe that you, there are sexual experiences that are short-lived. Yeah. That you still can hold on to. Totally. Sure. That you can go, I'm making a, t- a decision to have a one-night stand. And you still look back and go, wow, that was a really great decision. Yeah. Okay. yeah completely. So, so I need a, there's a few things about what you said there. The first one is not everybody can stick their dick in a hole because. Not everybody has a there dick. There we go. No, no. This is true. <laughs> Yes. So, say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I can. I had an image of well, there is there's pegging. a strap on there. I was like, no, oh, was like okay. pegging. There we go. You know, <laughs> Tamar, you but, know what yeah, I'm but saying. Turn that around because sometimes yeah, somebody absolutely. with a hole just wants something stuck in it. Yeah. And, 
And no, it's, totally. it's the same thing. Totally. So just from the other. Mm. Yeah, no, I was being crazy. Yes. From the other perspective. <laughs> no, you were being beautiful because it's <laughs> just as important. Absolutely. Yeah. But essentially what you're talking about is a pattern. Mm. And it's a pattern of beliefs that says that we're not educated for pleasure and for freedom. And the pattern of that extends into absolutely every area of our lives. And the interesting thing about when we start claiming more of our sexual freedom, we do start claiming more freedom in other ways from completely. And that's Mm. one of the powers of conscious sexuality. When you start elevating and you start having different experiences that are not just about sex and orgasm. A very simple example of that is when you walk into the office in a really great mood. Everyone assumes that you had sex that morning. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, think about it. Guess who got it all this morning? How many times do people, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, well, well, that's just you because we know most mornings you have had sex. No, I often walk into the office in a good mood. Nobody assumes that about me because everybody knows it's been a long dry season. So maybe that applies to but you. But we all know you have hands. Oh, yeah, but that's not the same thing. No, nobody. No, you can yeah. make it the same thing. Yeah, I wish that was the case though. Yeah. I like your theory. Doesn't work for me though. <laughs> but you're right, and it does change things on so many mm. levels. It changes your appearance, the way you feel. Everyone else can see it. Yeah, because it does. It does so mm. much, not only to your physical body, not only to mm. your hormones, not only to the chemicals of your body, mm. but to your energy. Mm. And when you're having that really good sex, it opens your heart. Mm. And the more your heart opens, the more everything flows, and the mm. more you connect with life. And On a really practical level, because people think this is really airy-fairy stuff, heart energy, and your heart energy opens, and it's all wonderful, and raindrops, and and, uh, what's it called? Rains and rainbows Rainbows. and fairies and all the rest of it. But it's real. Totally. Because the things in your life that start to change and the opportunities that come up and the so-called synchronicities that start to come up Mm. um, and the possibilities that start to open up and the connections that happen in every way because you're working and living in a different frequency. Mm. Completely. And, and it's to understand that everything in our world is an energy. Mm. So what energy are you stuck in? What energy are you living in? Mm. And if you're living in the energy of fear, like one of the things I stopped doing was I stopped listening to the news. Mm. Now, I understand it's important to know what's going on. I get that. Yeah. Mm. But the fear of it and what it drags you into where it becomes this all-consuming thing. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, there are certain radio stations that 24 hours a day, that's what they talk about. Drama, Mm. yeah. Mm. So when that's what you're engaging with, it becomes really hard to live in a different frequency Mm. because that's what you're feeding. I think also you should know what your fears are. Uh, we don't we do, we don't always know what our fears are, no. but I stupid example yesterday turned on the radio and they were talking about ghosts and I'm extremely scared of ghosts <laughs> and I love that show I actually switched it off I said actually Sib, this is not for you right now hey put something else on because I said no I just want the freedom to be happy and to not mm. be scared of stupid things I know it sounds like a really stupid example and and basic. But sometimes sometimes we we know that we have the choice to switch it off or to not listen. And we still listen. And we still go back. As Jandi says, he doesn't want to watch or listen to the news. We still listen. We still go, oh, you know, I heard on the radio just now. It's fine to know what's happening. But if, if, if this 
impacts you so negatively. Mm. Why would you sit and listen and make endure yourself to this? Yeah, I think that's beautiful because you you have a choice. Wh- yeah. Whatever is going to happen in your life for the next five to ten minutes, mm. you have a choice. Yeah. There's an amazing cartoon um, that says a lot. It's about the impact of terrorism on our world. And it's a guy who's saying, oh, there's terrorism. And what can I do to lessen the impact of terrorism? And somebody comes along and switches his TV off. Mm. It makes a lot of sense to me. Change the channel. That's what you're doing. You know, one of my favorite thinkers is a guy called Tom Chi. And in one of his talks, he he talks about the purpose of life. And he said the purpose of life is to further life. Mm. So I think about that and I think, Mm. so what are you bringing to life in any given moment? Mm. Mm. Are you bringing your fear? Are you bringing your frustration? Are you bringing your anger? Are you bringing your separation? Mm. Are you bringing your righteousness? Yeah. Or are you bringing your connection? Are you bringing your compassion? Are you bringing your kindness? Are you bringing your growth? And being enlightened does not mean that you don't get angry. No. It's how you express the anger that Mm. becomes different. And do you see your anger as being part of life and part of the world? Mm. And, you know, a few, two weeks ago, when we did these beautiful sweats at at Tamara and York's Lodge, and one of the most amazing things was the connection to everything. Mm. That that's what we are a part of. We're not separate. We're not separate from each other. Mm. We're not separate from nature. We are connected in this amazing and beautiful journey and web of life yep. and our world thrives on separation and disconnect Yes, because mm. yes. then I'm right and you're wrong and yes. your group is wrong and my God is right and yours isn't yep. and mm. my God has all the answers and yours doesn't mm-hmm. and it must be fascinating to have all these different gods and you can imagine them like sitting around a table having going, coffee what laughing themselves stupid at yeah. this what part of <laughs> I am love don't you understand yeah yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I love this analogy because a lot of people that, uh, that what you just spoke now about tomorrow in York's um, retreat, a lot of people would probably see the time that you spent in that sweat lodge as being disconnected from reality, as woo woo. You guys have no idea what's really going on in the world. But mm. the, the image that pops into my mind is if there was a meteor headed towards Earth right now that was going to completely eliminate all of us, okay? Would you, most people think they'd like to know about it, you know? So it's on the news, you have like 15 minutes to live. Would you rather spend those 15 minutes absolutely terrified, full of anxiety about this impending doom? Or mm. I personally would have preferred to spend those 15 minutes in a sweat lodge connected to everything <laughs> yeah. until such time as I was completely pulverized. And I have to tell you, there's not a whole lot more real than really sitting on the earth yeah. with the fire and feeling that yeah, and coming out and feeling the breeze on your skin and seeing the zebra that are there. And seeing the faces of the people that you've shared with. There's not a whole lot more real than that. Yeah. As opposed to all of the other bullshit around. Sitting in your car in traffic. That's it. Or stressing. Or or being in, in, you know, walking around Santon and looking at all of the labels of all of the clothes. And Mm. and if you're skinny enough or you're going to be. And and these are better because. I'm going to be up five kilograms less to go, you know. (laughs) 
This is a shout out also for women and men that are sitting with sexual pain or sitting with big sexual Mm. fears around trauma, Mm. around bad experience they had in the past, about Mm. pain they have while having sexual intercourse or any kind of thoughts about being dysfunctional when it comes to, to sex. It can be changed. Yes. It can really be changed. It's a matter of mindset and a shift and some healing around it. And it's a great place to start where you go and get some information Completely. and you go to a good therapist or a sex coach or, or a conscious sexual therapist. Um, and you really go and you, you give yourself that healing because it, you're not supposed to carry it. Yeah. And mm. I see that every day in my practice and at the moment, the work I'm doing and what I'm seeing with people in terms of possibilities. And I have to say this because I saw something on, uh, it was a Twitter profile of somebody who fixes broken hearts and relationships. Wow. That's a pretty big uh, claim to fame. Yeah. I don't fix or heal. It comes with penis enlargement. Yeah. I don't fix or heal anybody. Mm -hmm. You do the work. Mm -hmm. All that we can do as healers, teachers, guides, whatever it is that we want to call ourselves, Mm. all we just do is help you. And give you some ideas and give you possibilities. And this is how you could do that. And maybe here's an insight or here's an understanding Mm. or here's a perspective. And you are going to heal and fix yourself. Don't look for anybody else to do it because it's about you. And you're going to change your life and you're going to heal your heart. Mm. And from my point of view, I'm going to help you in every way that I can. But you're the one going to do it. The hard work is is still rests with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this magic and, uh, magic and, and, and miracles article was about. Yeah. You do your work and things will change and you will heal and mm. you will grow and you, <coughs> you will expand and you will change your life. Mm. Yeah. But you mm. can reach out and you can ask for help, which yes. is, which and is important. It's vital because yes. we can't do it on our own. Yeah. Mm. None of us. Because mm. I think one of the things that I, I feel that in, in this country particularly, well, I think most countries, but a lot of guys need to be aware that you are not just your penis. You're so much more. So the size of your penis does not determine. You just destroyed me in like three <laughs> words. You are not your penis. You are not your penis. You are more than your penis. So it's like that. I am not my hair. You know, mm. it's the same thing. And I, we live in a country mm. where there's a there's a lot of incidents of men who have been, you know, have had botched circumcisions. It's more common than you think, and things go wrong, and men literally lose half to all their penises due to complications. Yeah. This is a very, very common occurrence in yeah, our I country. I got an email from somebody a few weeks ago. They had a circumcision. Yeah. Something's gone totally wrong. He cannot get an erection yeah. after that. He still didn't come to see me, but... And erectile dysfunction in our, it, it, currently in society, it's on the rise because yeah. of cholesterol, because and of stress. It's happening more and more and more. So we as as men with penises have to start looking beyond putting all of our sexual prowess and, and self-worth into, into this phallic object that happens to hang for 15, 16 yeah. hours a day between and, our legs. And, and women's yonis, the amount of pain and tension mm. and mm. Um, dryness and anorgasmia and fear, all sorts of things. It can all be different. Yeah. Mm. And we all need help. Me, I'm here to help. It's what I wake up for in the morning. And yeah. I ask, what can I contribute? How can I bring something to life that will make it more? Guys, this has been really amazing. Thank you. We need to talk more about this. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the dirty dictionary is? Tripsolagnophilia is a fetish for giving and receiving massage. 
Oh. oh. Now why you gotta? I was the clue. No, why you gotta use all big words like that? I mean. Know? Just say, I like massage, you know. (laughs) Can I just ask if anybody would like access to care? Can I just, we have a number called Call for Care. If you'd like to to get any information about a clinic near you, where to get PrEP, where to take PEP, all of those kinds of things, you can phone 071-683-3226. 071-683-3226. Thanks, Jonty. And we the brave.coza. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. This has really been awesome. So some really cool things are coming up, which you are both invited to, by the way. <laughs> awesome. On the 23rd of October, two weeks' time, we are doing a water flow massage. That's mm-hmm. in Johannesburg. Whippy. I've done that before. I love it. We are not doing water flow massage in Cape Town. But on the 27th of October in Cape Town, I am doing a sensual massage workshop. Oh, it's Pride one, Day. One whole day. So we'll be working in, that in, day. In Cape Town. Cape Town. Um, oh, Cape Town. And that's available to people from all orientations and backgrounds. Woohoo! And even though it's for partners, if you don't have a partner, we will try and find somebody for you to enjoy the experience with. It's not a sexual massage day. Sensual. Beautiful, safe, intimate, really gentle and boundaried space. Really. On Thursday, Wonderful. the 24th. 5th of October, I'm doing, for the first time in a long time, an expanded orgasm workshop in Cape Town. Expanded orgasm is one of the most amazing ways that you can change your sexual patterns. It is such an incredible experience to allow you to change your sexual patterns. There is no nudity on the workshop. Wow. (laughs) You come and you're going to learn all about what this expanded orgasm thing is how it relates to the patterns of our sexuality and how you can use it to change the patterns. And you can do this on your own. Hmm. So it's a workshop that has so much information in it. It's mind-blowing. And in one evening, literally, you can learn to change enormous aspects of your sexual patterning. So how do they get a hold of you? On eroslife.co.za. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, uh, the events are up on... Facebook. Tamar, thank you very, very much. Love you, Tamar. Thank you. I really miss, miss looking you. looking forward for the inner twerking video, I was video, looking forward to yes. seeing you. Yes. Yes. Me too. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'll send you privately a picture, okay? Mm. Okay. <laughs> and we wish you all so much pleasure. Cheerio. This is cliffcentral.com.